might be wondering, do I need to listen to this episode? Like, is there a reason that I should be locking the fridge that I need to know about either now or in the future? I'm Casey Barnes, pediatric registered dietitian and mom of two wild animals. Welcome back to Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. This is the podcast where we talk about all the ins and outs of feeding toddlers. What would you like me to talk about next? Call up the podcast voicemail at 469-552-5527 and ask me your question for a chance to be featured in a future episode. You can also grab that phone number and all of the podcast details on my website at mamanosnutrition.com forward slash podcast. Let me play Norma's message for you. Hi, my name is Norma. My little one is three years old. And I was just wondering if you do like a lock on the fridge or not for them to not go in and snack all day. She doesn't usually, but I was just wondering like if they grow up a little older or if it starts becoming a habit or anything, like what would you suggest? Lock or no lock? Thank you. I just have to say there are things, so many things that I never even thought about before becoming a parent. Like, things that you're like, why would I do that? Like, we lock Amelia's bedroom door. She's three. And she is crazy. Like, I have to keep her in there. (laughs) That's the only way that I can keep her in there. Before I became a parent, if you asked me, will you lock your children in their room at night? I'd be like, no, why would I need to do that? But I do. And side note, I actually talked to someone whose husband is a firefighter. And he was like, actually, we like knowing where your kids are. So if there was ever a fire and Amelia's locked in her room, that's actually a good place for her to be. So safety, right? (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about locks on the fridge. When you might need a lock on the fridge, instances you might feel like it could be the solution, and I'll walk you through my preferred alternatives for that. Okay, so when might you actually need a lock on the fridge? Really, the only times that I could see you needing to do this is if you have a young toddler who, or just a toddler, who might like mess with it, leave it open a crack, or just be generally messing with things in there and you can't really trust them to not do that, then you can lock it. If you have something very dangerous in there, I don't really know why you would, but maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you've got some weird chemicals then I might say, like, lock it just so they don't accidentally get in there. But let's talk about what Norma's asking about with too much snacking. Should we lock them out? So if we're talking about locking the fridge, I think we also would be talking about locking the pantry or whatever cabinet you have your snacks in. And what I really rather do is from the time that they're about one years old, I want you to establish a good meal and snack schedule. You'll hear me over and over again talk about schedules and routines for toddlers, and I think that it is so helpful for both them and for you, but if they're in that routine, then you're setting yourself up for success. Some people will call these eating zones. I've heard people say that before, so you can think of it like that, of like, this is an eating zone. When we're doing something else, it's not an eating zone. I'll put a link in the show notes for my blog post on schedules for one-year-olds. The schedule for the one-year-old on the one nap is the same that it's going to be for a two, a three-year-old, even a four-year-old. 
So you can check that out on my website. And when you have this set up, you have these eating zones or just regularly scheduled meal and snack times, you're going to allow them to eat as much as they like when you're within these times. So that's going to help reduce the chances of them trying to go get stuff when it's not a meal or snack time because they're not feeling restricted. We want to think about Ellen Satter's division of responsibility. You don't have to remember that it's called that. All I want you to remember is that you are in charge of the what and the when, and they are in charge of the if and the how much in terms of how much they eat, okay? So when you're in charge of the what and the when, you don't need to lock away the things when it's not in a meal time, but you're setting the stage, you're setting up the expectations, the boundaries around these are meal and snack times. And I want you to make sure that in terms of the what, that you're offering the three macronutrients, a protein, a carb, and a fat at meals. At snacks, you really only have to offer two of those, protein plus carb or protein plus fat, carb plus fat. You don't have to do all three, though you can. And the reason that I bring that up is because the more that you offer them the variety, the less chances of them feeling like they need something when it's not a meal or snack time. Some other techniques that we can use if they are trying to just keep going to the fridge, keep going to the pantry, trying to look for snacks, you're going to redirect them. You want to teach them how to solve boredom without snacks. It's so common for me to see toddlers just being like, I want a snack. Because it's easy, we have so many more readily available things. You know, I have like 10 things in my pantry right now that I could just open up and my kids could eat it. But we want them to learn how to transition to another activity without needing that to be a snack. A snack does not need to be the solution to boredom. Some parents do want them to have a little more ownership over the when. Like I've seen this with some Montessori schools or maybe all Montessori does this. I'm not a Montessori expert, but I am familiar with a lot of their practices. And I know that they'll have like a snack area, maybe like a fruit bowl or designated area with a few snacks, which you can do if that's what you want to do. Have a few things out that they can get within the time frame that you determine to be appropriate. But you're going to coach them on that so that they realize like, okay, while we're playing from 10 to 11 in the morning, that's when you can get your snack. It's over there. This is how you help yourself. Use the tongues for the mini muffins or whatever it is. But that's still going to be more of like a controlled thing where you're teaching them what is appropriate. They're not just going to the fridge or the pantry whenever they want. And they know that that's not part of the routine to just do whatever you want (laughs) whenever you want to, right? So let me talk about the downsides to locking the fridge or the pantry. What it can do is create this feeling of restriction. So what can happen is that even when they feel deprived of healthy foods, they end up eating more than they otherwise would have. They're going to override their natural signals for hunger and fullness. There's studies on this. There was one that I looked at where they restricted one group of kids from sweets, one group of kids from fruit, and one group had no restrictions on which foods they could eat. Both of the restricted groups ate more overall. So that's showing us that this feeling of restriction, even in children, that that's going to lead them to eat more than they otherwise would have. 
And there's another study, I'll link these in the show notes, on restrictive feeding practices leading children to eat more. So this can play out to when parents are trying to control what their kids are eating because they feel like they're a little overweight or something. And then the kids still end up gaining weight and they're like, how is that possible? But we really see that these restrictive practices don't help. And it's not going to foster a trusting environment when you're locking the fridge or the pantry. We want them to learn how to trust themselves around food, to know that you trust them around food. And if we have to hide things away, then it just doesn't create that environment that we want of it being something where like food is okay. We don't have to hide food. So here are main takeaways today. If you worry about excessive snacking, restriction is not going to improve it. Instead, your action item is to enforce that meal and snack schedule or the zones, if you want to call it that. Allow them to fill up within these zones. Three macronutrients at meals, protein, carb, fat, two at snacks. If you want ideas for healthy meals that you don't have to think about the nutrition piece, I've taken care of that for you. Grab the Mominos Nutrition Meal Planning Bundle at mominosnutrition.com forward slash shop. I think in the shop it's called like the breakfast, lunch, and dinner bundle. It is fantastic. And I'll link it in the show notes. I also have a store-bought snack guide for toddlers that has nut-free options too, which has all my grab-and-go favorites also in my shop. If this episode was helpful and you haven't left a rating or review for the podcast yet on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do it right now. I appreciate these reviews a ton. Don't worry about being creative. Like you can just write, I love this podcast. This podcast is so helpful and you will have absolutely made my day. Thank you and I'll chat with you next time.